0: This is the Hofstra Radio Alumni Audio Yearbook. Today is August 21st, 2022. Please tell us your name and the years you were at Hofstra Radio.
1: Yes, Andrew Cohen. And I was uh, in the fall 1999 training class. And my last show at the station was in the, uh, the early morning hours of April 1st, uh, 2003, uh, three months after I graduated in uh, December 2002.
0: There's there's a very specific memory of your of your last <laughs> show is there a reason
1: no you know i think i think um i mean i'll get into this a little bit later but i think uh i my time on the station was very um you know my first i, I got off to a slow start let's, let's put it that way and i really as a result of that i think i tried to soak in as much as i could uh at the end you know especially okay. my my last semester and the the extra three months that were allowed after graduation. So, you know, I went as far as, as I could, you know, (laughs) and and that, you know, March, March 31st was the three month mark. And then I, I went even beyond that into the uh, early morning hours of April 1st with the uh, aggressive edge. Uh, So, uh, yeah, so that's why it's uh, so specific,
0: I guess you could say. (laughs) Okay. All right. So, so you mentioned the aggressive edge. What, what other shows did you work on at the station?
1: Uh, I was also involved, very involved with the sports department. Uh, and as a result of that, also Hofstra's, uh morning wake-up call in Newsline as well, where I helped out with, you know, doing updates. And then I got a little more involved with the morning show as well towards the end as a co-host and then uh, also hosted a few shows.
0: Okay, very good. Did you have any titles or positions at the station?
1: Uh, no, I never uh, never had a, you know, it was never uh in, part of the a b or the uh the eb bruce did try to push me on that and i i uh you know kind of resisted uh you know whether i might have been a mistake but i at the time i just i don't know i didn't want the i guess i didn't want the responsibility
0: (laughs) okay fair enough fair enough We'll, we'll we'll talk through that a little bit i suppose at some point um when you were on the air did you use your own name did you have any nicknames or aliases I know I always use I was one of the few who just used my
1: straight name, although I did have a nickname at the station. It's a kind of an ironic nickname for anyone who knows me. Um, it was Rappin' Andy and anybody, anybody who knows me. And, of course, you know, as I mentioned, I was on the aggressive edge. So I'm, I'm definitely a big metal and hard rock guy. Definitely not a rap guy, uh, but. I, the origin of that is that I, I hit uh, my last uh the end of the um spring 20 uh, spring 2000 semester when I needed some private service hours uh I ended up helping out engineering the p5 show uh and one of the uh one of the one of the hosts for that was like oh you need a rap name and you know and I didn't really know what to say so I just said I don't know rapping Andrew <laughs> and, and somehow, you know, the word got out and it kind of morphed into Rappin' and Andy and the rest is history. I I uh, you know, I did try to lobby to make it rockin' Andrew, but to no avail.
0: <laughs> no, I think I think once you put that out there in the world, that's 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 something that's gonna stick. Well, <laughs> Um, okay, so let's get back to you joining the station and you said sure. you maybe got a little bit of a slow start and I guess we'll, we'll talk through that at some point, but what was it that first brought you to the station? And then if you could give us a sense of what the station was like, where was it? Do you remember meeting anybody in particular? What was going on at WRHU 2 when you first got there?
1: Sure. Well, my, my initial spark to join the station was it kind of grew out of my love actually of hard rock and metal. And and I kind of wanted, you know, I wanted, a, I just simply wanted a platform to play that kind of music. So that was like, it was a very narrow focus. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, I never envisioned myself really becoming like a serious member of the station and getting as involved as I did with, the, you know, the sports and morning show. Um, but yeah, I, I had like, you know, my first, my freshman year, I, you know, had that first interview with, you know, Bruce and... Um, uh, who was it? Um, uh, uh, Sean, um, Novak. Sean Novak. Sorry. I couldn't, it was blanking on the last name. He was the, uh, yeah, he was the station manager at the time. He was also in the interview and, uh, you know, at the te- you know, I, again, like at that point I was not, I guess I was not really serious in terms of the, you know, joining the station. It probably was reflected in my interview. I, um, I ended up, you know, I, I gave it another go the next year. Uh, And uh, and this time I brought a, um, a, uh, uh, I, ha- I had a neighbor. I grew up in Rhode Island and actually had a neighbor who was uh, involved involved with the morning show uh, on a on a, a big very popular rock station in um, in Providence WHJY. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up going one of I ended up going to one of the shows with her to kind of like you know kind of shadow her and spoke to some people there and and I ended up doing like a little tape uh, while I was there. And I ended up bringing that tape to the second interview and showed it to Bruce. And I think it made an impression. And, uh, that ended up becoming a key part of me getting into the class, which I'll get into, I'll get into a little later, but, uh, but yeah, so my, my joining the station, I guess you could say was a little, a little unorthodox.
0: (laughs) Okay. Okay. Um, so I, I guess you were aware of the station and aware of the show before you came to Hofstra. Is that right? I yes I
1: my my first time yeah first time uh, I went to, I saw the station was on an admissions tour in summer 1997 and and this is before like the studio was even the new you know the the new studio was even installed so and even then I was very impressed with the facilities um and you know but I didn't I, I didn't know really at the time like what a uh, you know the great reputation that the radio station had and uh and so i kind of learned that i learned that over time and then you know eventually learned about some of the shows they have like the aggressive edge like the rock and roll oasis you know that played uh played my kind of music and of course the sports i was you know i knew i was going to be a big sports fan so that i knew you know so i listened to some of the you know early on my, my freshman year i listened to a lot of the games uh on the station
0: okay um, what were what were your bands of choice at the time? Your 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 favorite metal bands.
1: Um, well, I I mean, I, Metallica certainly. Sure. AC/DC and and Van Halen, kind of on the hard rock side, uh, and then uh, also like Ozzy Osbourne, Black Sabbath was huge into into them. Judas Priest, although I've gotten more into Judas Priest over you know kind of since then, but I was right. also into them back then. But really, anything with like. Anything with great kick-ass guitar was like my was my music and still classics, is. Yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> All right. Very cool. Very cool. All right. So so you you go through the interview process. You've got the little you've got the demo tape. Um, so you enter the the training course. What do you remember about that? Do you remember who taught it or anybody else who was in the class with you? And and do you remember anything that you learned in particular during the training class?
1: Well, so the interesting thing about the training class is that I initially did not think I got into the training class. Right. Um, I, you know, I, I hadn't heard anything and this, you know, the class was about to start, you know, it was probably like late September. And sure enough, I happened to be in my dorm room at the time. No, you know, no cell phone back then. And I get a call, uh, you know, let's say the training class is going to start at eight. And I get the call. It's probably about seven. It's from Danielle DeLillo.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and it was in classic Danielle fashion. It was, what are you doing at eight? <laughs> and which got, you know, and I heard laughs in the background and I'm like, Oh, nothing. And then, and she said, well, uh, we're, you know, we're having our, our first training class then and we would love you to join. And so I talking about late notice, but sure enough, I mentioned that tape earlier, Bruce, apparently I was not selected to the initial training class and sure enough, Bruce on my, uh, he lobbied on my behalf to get me into the classes. Kind of a late addition, which I'm, I'm very great, certainly very grateful for. Um, so there were 41 people in that training class, not the, not the 40 that were planned, and that's <laughs> thanks to Bruce uh, going to bat for me. Um, and. Uh, you know, so it was just it was it was so that I mean, so it just right off the bat, the class was memorable in that sense. Mm. Um, you, but, did you ever yeah. talk
0: to Bruce about his his lobbying efforts, or that demo, or is that just something that you were just glad it happened and you moved on?
1: He he mentions it – he met he brings it up a lot when I see him, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, I think he he probably he probably exaggerates it a little bit because in the sense that I he 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 makes it seem like I. I applied like, you know, five times, didn't get in. It was really once that I applied in September, you know, my beginning of my freshman year. I didn't even know actually you could apply. I didn't even know they had the training class actually in the spring semester. So I didn't even apply for the, um, so it was only once that I didn't get in and, and honestly, probably deservingly didn't get in my, my first time. I, like I said before, I probably didn't take the interview and everything seriously enough. Um, but yeah, no, you know, I think just showing that, um, showing that, bringing that tape was, was, I mean, that was the big difference. I mean, I think that was enough of a step to show Bruce, oh, you know, he's, he's, you know, serious. And he's, you know, he's taken a step to try to, you know, uh, make himself better. And, and, uh, you know, little things like that, I think can make a big difference in in whatever you're pursuing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. So you get the call from Danielle and you show up, what goes on in the class? What's, uh, what's exciting? What, what do you get out of the class?
1: Well, it was funny because it was it was a challenge early on. The class was at the time. I mean, I think it's the schedule's a little different now, but back then it was from eight to ten oh. uh, every Wednesday, and it was it happened to coincide like the second class that we had happened to coincide with the Red Sox and Yankees meeting in the American League Championship Series for the first time, mm. and. I'm a big, you know, I grew up in Rhode Island, a big Red Sox fan. Bruce as well is a big Red Sox fan. So I'm sure it was hard for him as well. But that was quite distracting, you know, to have a big game like that going on in the middle of the training class. But, you know, I I somehow uh, was able, just as well back then, I didn't have a a smartphone because I'm sure I would have been.
0: That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, you can't sneak a peek at the score on your phone because that, that technology doesn't exist yet. Exactly. Yeah.
1: So, so, so that, you know, just as well, I didn't have that, dis- that as an extra distraction, but yeah, that was, um, that was memorable. And, and also um, I think, you know, just um, the the various people who, who spoke in the class, obviously, you know, Sean Novak, uh, he, you know, did a great job of, of kind of, it was kind of the end of his run and it was, you know, he did a good job of kind of, uh, giving, you know, outlining the basics for the station and what was expected. And Danielle, uh, had a lot of great enthusiasm in her role at Ingalls, you know, my first kind of, um, you know, time linking up with him and, you know, and obviously he, you know, we talk about inspiring. I mean, you know, you want to run through a wall for someone like him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, no, it was just, it was a great, and it was a great mix of uh, people in the class as, as well. And, uh, so yeah, good, uh, very good memories of it.
0: Um, so you get through the training class, I guess there's a, there's a, a, a demo process or a tryout to get cleared to be on the air. Do you remember anything about that?
1: Yeah, I do. I, I actually, I got, um, I got engineering cleared, you know, very soon. I, you know, it was, you know, I think it happened to coincide, I think, right as I finished the training class as well, but it was, a a crazy first time on board, uh, I ended up getting asked to kind of last minute and en- to engineer an aggressive edge show, uh, you know, right after I, uh, you know, signed the contract and everything to be in the, in the, on the station. I wasn't, you know, wasn't announcing cleared at this point or combo cleared. So it was basically just, you know, can you just play, play CDs and play, uh, you know, play, play beds, you know, in between and whatever. And I said, yeah, but it ended up being, you know, Quite the challenge, and I uh, made quite a few uh, a, a few mistakes. I'll admit, and a few uh, a few a few sh- a few songs that I played that uh, probably I read uh, they probably were not cleared for air, and I must have mm-hmm. read it wrong, and so a few a few f bombs might have gone over the on over the air. But so <laughs> uh, it was, uh, you know. Luckily, no one important heard it, but uh, <laughs> it was uh, that was that was quite an experience. But like. Uh, like i said though before it, it i was I t- it took me a while to kind of get uh kind of get my uh, kind of get my feet under me in terms of uh, being part of the station and uh it took me a while to get announcing cleared and get combo cleared and everything and uh you know i, I don't know you know it's it's um it's one of those things that you know i i, I can't really explain why i got off to such a slow start my first couple semesters there but I always stress to people uh, especially when talking to current WRHU students to you know just take advantage as much as you can of these opportunities because you know you don't get this uh, you don't get this time back and my my first time on the air was actually on a locker room in winter 2001 and I have Ralph Benarczyk, uh to thank for this he was the mm-hmm. locker room producer and I had a class with him and I had resisted kind of joining the sports staff, you know, kind of for dumb reasons at first, mainly because I loved attending the games so much and I didn't want to interfere with that. And Ralph understood this, but he, you know, I was also uh, uh, covering sports for the Chronicle at the time and I was covering wrestling. So Ralph said, why don't we have you on and you can talk about the wrestling program? So that was what I, that was what I did and, um, and ended up kind of, kind of going, he, he, as a result, it kind of incrementally got me more involved uh, with this sh- with with locker room and with the sports department until, you know, I eventually joined it, joined the staff.
0: I, I think that's somewhat interesting that that uh, or, uh, you know, some people come to the station and they're completely in right away. And mm-hmm. others we have other things going on. We have other interests working at the Chronicle or or whatever else it might be. Um do you feel like you were doing other things before getting more involved at the station before that that invite from Ralph or was it just it just wasn't working for you at the beginning I think I think it was a combination I think I
1: was yeah you I know, certainly was very involved with on the um with the chronicle at the time especially with on the sports end and I was very focused on that I was, I was also a tour guide as well and um you know I think you know with WRHU I think you know there's a lot of steps involved with uh doing what you want to do, and that's why it's such a, a great station and such a professionally run station, you know, and I think for whatever reason I got, obviously I got engineering cleared right away, but I did not. Right. I kind of dragged my feet a little in terms of the other steps, getting announcing cleared, getting combo cleared, and as a result, I, you know, you kind of, you kind of get in that lull where you're just kind of doing your shift every two weeks and your engineering shift, and next thing you know, a whole semester or two semesters have gone by, and you you haven't done
0: much. <laughs> So was was I I'm guessing radio wasn't your concentration for a major.
1: Yeah, I was a print journalism major, um, but I also, you know, so I, I never had planned to go into radio full time, but but I I I also like though I I I I thought it would be a, a good experience and I also thought it would be good in terms of like cuz I I always admired journalists who could be on radio or be on TV and and Mm -hmm. kind of do both, you know, be be an expert in their uh, whatever, whatever industry they were covering. So I always, I always possibly envisioned that, but I never, you know, I never really thought of radio as like a, I, I knew how competitive it was certainly to be, to do it full time.
0: Right. So, um, so you get on this, this invite to be on the locker room and talk about wrestling. Do you remember your feelings going into that? And do you remember how it went?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, um, a little probably at first a little uh, I guess I really hadn't spoken on air at this point, so um so a little uneasy, but i I, I did feel you know, Ralph, I knew pretty well. Uh, Keith Erizari was also on the locker room that night, and I knew him as well from a, so so at least I had people who who I was comfortable with, you know, who'd right. be speaking to me, so it kind of felt like kind of talking to your buddies in a sense, and that's kind of how I, um, kind of how I approached it.
0: Nice. Um, so it took you a little while to get involved. Do you remember a moment or, or a period of time where you said, I, I, I'm i going to spend more time at the station. I'm going to take on more shifts. I'm going to get more involved. Was there something that that spurred that or was it just sort of a gradual uh, I'm in it and, and now, you know, this is this is what I'm doing?
1: Well, I, it was gradual, but I definitely uh, I have uh, you know, I mentioned Ralph. I certainly have him to thank. a a lot for that, for getting me involved on an incremental basis. And then as a result, actually, uh, uh, right after I got involved, there were some staffing shortages that popped up um, at the end of uh, the spring 2001 semester. And as a result of that, even though I hadn't been involved that much with the sports staff, I ended up doing color commentary for Hofstra men's lacrosse had a big uh, first round NCAA tournament game against Virginia at army West point. Mm. Um, um, it ended up becoming one of the more memorable wins in After sports history uh, as uh, the Pride were down five goals midway through the fourth quarter, ended up winning in overtime. So it was quite the quite the broadcast to be a part of. Um, and then uh, I mentioned Keefe as well. Keefe was instrumental in making sure I was more um, formally involved as a member of the WRG sports staff um, by assigning me to do updates on morning show, news lines, uh, pregame panels. Um, and you know, so that was big step. Also, uh, obviously Ed, you know, can't say enough about him in terms of how, what a mentor he was and kind of guiding me in those early days that I was on the air, making me a better broadcaster and journalist. Uh, also, I also have to plug Kevin Ingalls. Uh, unfortunately the late Kevin Ingalls, mm-hmm. um, he's, um, uh, and of course, Ed as well. But but Kevin, so young. Um, he was a huge help on the technical side because I that was not a strength of mine to say the least. And uh, and uh, you know he was very help. You know he took always took time out of out of his day busy day to help me in terms of setting up on the uh, setting up equipment and I ended up doing a road trip uh, been a memorable road trip with him to George Mason. Um, uh, one of my last sports broadcasts uh in uh, early
0: 2003 hmm. um you know there, there's a, usually a specialized set of equipment or 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 certain things that the sports department has to do on remotes and games and 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 things like that do you remember anything in particular learning early on or how you learned or was there something that kevin or keith uh showed you how to do that was especially useful uh, going forward or it gave you confidence to keep going
1: well, yeah, I can't remember specifically, but I do remember like there was one particular broadcast where uh, I was going to be going to Towson for a women's basketball game with uh, Nate Bortnick, uh, who who's also on, uh, on the sports staff and was not, not, you know, at the time not not very experienced. So it wasn't like I was there with somebody who you know really kind of knew everything. So. So for before that broadcast in particular, you know, Kevin wanted to make sure that, you know, we were both, you know, up to speed on everything. So it was it was tough, but he, you know, he he kind of he he you know, he he had a way of kind of breaking it down in in the simplest terms, mm-hmm, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. And uh and was able to, you know, I was able to kind of I have it, you know, I have a good memory and and so I think he kind of fed off of that and he kind of gave me some techniques to kind of remember certain steps that you needed to take to to set up and we ended up um it, you know that particular broadcast ended up becoming a success technically we got there bright and early and and we were able to to do everything um and I uh, know I definitely have uh I definitely have Kevin to 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 thank for that
0: yeah that's got to be a good feeling when you're when you're going out there and you don't necessarily have the most experienced crew and you're on the road, and you have to work through it and figure it out and and make a success that must have gone a long way towards making you feel more part of the team and and the the community and the station
1: yeah oh a, a hundred a hundred percent and and uh I can't say enough about um the people who were on the station with me at the time i mean you know just obviously it was a fun a fun a f- Fun group to be around, uh, you know, socially, but just also great, you know, great, just good people in general in terms of taking time to to help. And and, uh, and and a lot of them have gone on to do well, very well professionally as well.
0: Yeah, you mentioned Keith being a big supporter and Kevin and and Ed Engels. Who else was around that that sort of helped you socially become part of the station? Because at some point we're all, you know, we're on the edge and then suddenly we're in it and we're spending time between classes and spending time on weekends and it becomes part of our everyday life. Do you remember anybody else who was was helpful in getting you involved in the in the culture of the station?
1: Uh, yeah, I got to say I I got I got to say Jerry Greenberg actually. Um who's gone on to big things now with, um, NBA TV and TNT, um, mm-hmm. uh, doing sideline work. Um, he, he, you know, he was uh, younger than me and he, he ended up becoming super involved, uh, with the station in, um, he ended up, I think doing a, he did like a summer training class in, um, in, in, uh, in 2001. So he, yeah. he was already like, when I got there in the fall of 2001, he was already like, you know, guns blazing, like ready to, ready to rock and roll. And he ended up, uh, becoming, um, sports. Uh, yeah, I think it was, um, I, I can't, I think it was assistant sports. Yes. It was assistant sports director mm-hmm. in, in his second semester. And, you know, and he was, and he was the locker room producer as a result of that. And he, you know, had very high expectations for locker room and he, he had, he did a great job of making it like a team event. Like it used to be like, if, you know, you you had a few people who were involved with locker room and if you weren't, you know, you just, you didn't show up, but, but he had, he, he, he instilled a a kind of a culture where even if you, even if you're not on the air, even if you're not doing updates, you should still show up and you can, you can contribute in other ways. You can, you know, do quick sheets. You can, you know, help people, uh, you know, if there's a a game going on, you can, you know, run down and give the update, whatever, whatever it is, you know, he made it like a, 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 a real, like, th- a thing to be a part of, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and and then a lot of times we would, you know, we would watch after after the locker room, we would watch, you know, Sopranos would be on, of course, back then on Sunday nights, we would all watch that. It became, so it became a fun social event as well. Mm-hmm. But I definitely have Jared to thank in terms of getting me extra involved with the station, you know, and kind of going above and beyond, you know, what, what was expected.
0: Yeah, Jared and, and some other folks, they came in, Really primed. They knew what they wanted to do. They had some experience, in, in Jared's case in particular, uh, and so they came in, like you said, re- ready to go right away. When do you think you felt comfortable on the air, either calling games or or doing aggressive edge, or just generally uh, being on the air? Do you remember a moment where you where you thought, okay, I've I've got the hang of this now, or or was it just a, a gradual feeling? It was
1: gradual, but I would say like the two thousand one two thousand two school year. Um which was technically my senior year at Hofstra, but um my uh, my parents were very supportive in in allowing me to take an extra semester to graduate mm-hmm. so as a result of that, I was able to do a um reduced course load which allowed me to get more involved with uh w r i u and other uh activities and so I became extra engaged and and of course with jared's help as well with with his push um and and so so kind of throughout that um, school that two thousand one two thousand two school year I you know I got more comfortable and then bought the, it and then when I got to my final semester in December uh, two thousand two I uh, you know was you know was I mean, that was probably when I was most comfortable and then I uh, luckily was able to use the extra three months that was, that is allotted. I'm not sure if that's still the case, but back then at least you could, you know, once you graduated, you, you could stay on the, you could stay involved for another three months Hmm. uh, on the station. And especially in my case, because I got off to such a slow start, I wanted, you know, wanted to do that extra three months. And, um, it was great because it gave me, uh, it gave me a chance to, to really get involved, um, you know, without having classes, I mean, I was doing some freelance writing at the time and I was, you know, applying for, for jobs, but I was really able to practically live at the station mm-hmm. <laughs> those, last, those last three months and did a lot with morning show and, and sports and uh, there was, you know, amazing memories um, of that.
0: So by the time you graduate and you have that, that, that extra semester, obviously WRI2 meant a lot to you. And we're having this conversation many years later. You have these friendships and, and relationships that developed during that time. Um, so we have this benefit of hindsight and memory. But can you go back in your mind, and I don't know which point you want to pick, whether it's your, your first interview or coming back for the second interview with the demo tape, but, but before you really got involved at the station if you could go back in time in your mind, what did you hope Hofstra radio would mean to you then? And what did it become?
1: Yeah. Like, like I said before, my initial thinking was very narrow. It was, it was just to play hard rock and metal music, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, but obviously it morphed into something so much more than that. I mean, it was, it, it, WRHU by far is the most, you know, when I think of my memories of Hofstra, I mean, that that's what I think of the most. I yeah. mean, even though I'm even though I'm working in journalism now as as a you know, at, on the print side, uh, you know, Chronicle the Chronicle I really did not get that social experience with. I kind of did my articles, I submitted them, and that was that. You know, but the but W H U you know you really, you know, the interactions you know not just on the air but like. Like I said, like after locker rooms, we watch the Sopranos mm-hmm. in the conference room, or or you go, you know, you go to the station, you know, between classes, and you know, you run into people. I mean, there's just there's just um, there's just so many amazing um, amazing memories of of, of the people um, who I interacted with at the time, and 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 when we when we have a gathering like now, like when we had the 60th anniversary, I mean. And you run into people you haven't seen. It's like you, you just pick right up. You know, there's just so much to talk about. And uh, obviously, I'm hoping we can have have even more of those now that things are opening up a bit with COVID and everything. And um, so, I, I really can't say enough just about um, about you know what what WRHU means to me um, for my time there, and uh, and I just you know hope to stay as involved as I can uh, as an alum going
0: forward. Andrew, this was fantastic. Thank you so much. I'm I'm so glad that you stuck with it in those early days. That you stayed a part of the station and got so involved. And and I really thank you for taking the time and sharing your memories. Now let's uh, let's do this again sometime and share some more stories.
1: Absolutely, any time. And thank you for for doing this uh, for doing this project.